It is Wednesday, July 27th, 2022. This is another edition of Baseball Today presented to you by these guys over at Shady Rays. Not only the best looking shades in the entire business, but when you inevitably lose them or break them, they will replace them. That is my man, Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose. We also have producer Dan and intern Sam along for the ride. How are you, sir? Good morning, Chris. I'm having a great uh, day so far. Actually, I have my daughter sitting right over here with me, so I love that. Um, but a lot of good ball going on. Mm. We are inching closer and closer to this deadline. We might get like a passing update That's during true. the show. Like every single show until August 2nd, we're on high alert because things are going to go down any second. Sam, I'm very excited about that. That means that your internship is checking Twitter during our show. You can't just like look aimlessly like, oh, my God, what time is this show yeah, over? You do understand? something, bro. We need you do buttoned something. up and everything. We need you. Oh, look at him. He's checking out his Mets shit. That's what he's because he's super happy about what happened yesterday. So, all right, let's get this uh, this bad boy going. And we're going to start north of the border where the Blue Jays took care of business against the depleted St. Louis Cardinals. They've now won seven in a row. They are knocking the ball all over the yard. Uh, Ploofy, once we get to October, will the Jays be the biggest party crasher to a possible Houston, New York ALCS? Now, I think what you're asking me is, are the Jays the third best team in the American League? I think that's how I'm approaching this question. Yeah, I think that's probably when I originally wrote it. That's what I had. But I want to know, like, are they the team that could really knock off one of those two teams in round two of the playoffs? I think they're very close. We always knew this team could score runs, you know, and if they get everybody firing on all cylinders, like at the same time, like what's happening now, then yes, like they might be the best team in the AL. If they get everyone, like their lineup is so Whoa. Okay, hold on. I forgot the Astros are still there. I, I honestly would put this lineup, uh, the depth of it, when everyone's going off over the Yankees lineup. I would. This lineup is better than the New York Yankees. One through nine, I believe so. When they're all firing. I mean, look at what they've done lately. And some of the guys that they need to get going have gotten going. You know, Matt Chapman's really turned on. He had a decent June, turning it on in July. Like, if a guy like that, starts hitting his prime and his peak of the season, then that's what we're talking about. Just go ahead and look at this lineup, dude. It's ridiculous. Okay. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm taking out that Red Sox 28 run game. I really am. I really am. I don't think they need to make many moves on the offensive side of the ball. If now, if they go out and get a starter and, and another reliever, like every single team needs to do, I mean, then yeah, you're putting them in that same kind of class. Like you in a, in a, in a series, you're going to go probably Gaussman to Manoa, then to Stripling, and hopefully Barrios can turn things around. But if you add another starter there, like their depth, their starting pitching depth is there too. Mm -hmm. You've had like a, a their bullpen's been fine. Their bullpen, add another guy, yeah. add, add another good. guy there too. And like, yes, I believe to answer your question, yes, I believe that they are the biggest challenger to a New York Houston uh, ALCS. Like this team is really, really good, Chris. Like they haven't even really got it going yet during the season. And we know that the teams that win in the playoffs are, are, you have to be a good team, have to have a, uh, depth in your roster, but you just need to get hot at the right time. And, and if they do look out, man. Well, it's also why I picked them to win the world series this year at the beginning of the year. Don't forget about, I know that you say Kikuchi has not pitched great. He is on a rehab assignment. They're hoping that he can give them something from the left side, a little bit of a different look. 
but you're right about the the bullpen guys. I think that they've probably been not talked about as much as we should. We know that Romano had an all-star type first half. In fact, he ended up, I believe, being placed as a as a replacement on that all-star team. Simber has been nothing but solid ever since he came up from Miami. Uh, David Phelps has kind of rediscovered himself. Yimmy Garcia. Um, so they, you know, I think they're going to add an arm to the rotation. I think they're going to add one to the bullpen. Yes, caller. What do you have? I we we came up with this yesterday on, on talking baseball. But if you're Toronto and you know that you got to go after and, and get the Yankees, um, there's one guy in particular you need to get out on that team, Aaron Judge. Mm-hmm. Michael Givens is going to oh. be available. Okay. Yep. Judge is one for fourteen with ten Ks off him. So we've already said, hey. Michael Givens, you're going to the Blue Jays. Don't you approach, if you're a GM, don't you approach it like that? You got to neutralize the best hitter on, you know, what has been the best team in baseball. You got a guy yeah. that's done it. I, I think as long as Michael Givens is, is good against the rest of the teams that they might face, because let's not forget that the Jays are going to have to play an extra series, right? The Yankees and the Astros, barring both those teams for getting to set their alarm, you know, over the next two, two plus months, they're going to be the one and two seeds. I don't know what order will be, but they're both going to get buys. The blue Jays are going to end up being at best that four seed and hosting the five seed in that three game mini series. So they're going to have to beat somebody. They might have to beat somebody that's really hot. They might have to beat somebody that they don't match up great against. So I think that's a dangerous game to play. We're going to have to get somebody that can neutralize Aaron judge if his numbers against everybody else are shit. Well, he's, I don't think his numbers are against everybody else are bad. No. And like, Mm-mm. you know, it's not like they have to bring him in and automatically put him into high leverage situations during the game. They have guys that can do that. I'm just, I'm just, I'm trying to find what additions they can make to put them over the top. And and that was one we came up with because obviously that yeah, you need, you need someone to neutralize this guy. And he's kind of the yeah. perfect fit, but like the blue Jays are a great team. There was a lot of high hopes for him going into the season and they've played great. You know, I just they haven't hit their stride yet. And I think that's kind of a scary thing for a lot of the American League teams. On the other side of the spectrum, we're going to focus kind of a two part discussion on the San Francisco Giants, who last night Mm. out in Arizona, they lost their sixth straight game. They are now below 500 for the first time all year in the process. uh, Their starting pitcher, Carlos Rodon, who has been great, had two emotional outbursts. First one, he used his mitt to kind of clean up the dugout. The second one, he kicked a bat in which it nailed teammate Tyro Estrada. Afterward, uh, Rodon had no excuses. Came in, uh, kicked a bat. Uh, unacceptable action. Uh, hit my teammate. Probably the nicest teammate on our team. And uh, just a selfish action. That is unacceptable and cannot happen. And I take all, take every amount of it and just cannot happen. I just feel stupid. Let's start with that component of it first. Um, I appreciate the contrition he showed. He knows he fucked up. Everybody knows in the clubhouse. Guys were not happy with him. He's extremely embarrassed. Um, Is this something we just move on from? I think so. You know, when you talk to people 
uh, in the Giants organization about Rodon. They love the fire. They love, you know, the brute strength, fire type pitcher he is. So, like, when you have that on the mound, sometimes it's going to spill over into the dugout. He's had two frustrating starts back to back. The Giants haven't been playing well. So, typically, you do, you want someone like that, like to say, let's go, boys. Let's, let's get it. You know, you need that energy sometimes. And unfortunately for him, you know, he just, he lost it a little bit, kicked that bat. And the worst thing, and he, he you could see how bad he felt about it. the worst thing you yeah. can do as a player is throw your equipment and hit somebody else, man. Even if it doesn't hurt the guy, it's just like, you just don't do that. I did it. I think I've said the story on here before about Michael Kadir and yeah. the, the look that he gave me, man. And I, I never did it again because of that look, you know, you got to go into the tunnel and blow up. There are times where you just have to do it. You have to let that emotion out but you got to go into the tunnel and do it yourself. One, because you don't want anything to happen to your teammates physically, but also it's an emotional toll sometimes when it's you and you're frustrated with yourself. You don't want to put that and, and, and let that rub off on your teammates. Like there are times where you are thinking solely about yourself and how poorly you're performing. Go take that out by yourself. Don't let that energy rub off on your teammates. Again, there's a there's a difference between firing everybody up and saying we need to get going and then kind of doing like a self-loathing type thing. So he's fine. They're going to move past it. I don't think there's any issue like with the club owls or anything like that. It's an unfortunate situation. He's just has to apologize what he's done and they move forward. The Giants just got to play better. That's that's what brings the morale up more than right. anything. Not some guy coming in and and in having that energy although that helps. It's winning baseball games. Yeah, um very quickly it, it's been interesting cuz this week twice we have now talked about um player media interactions. This being the second one, that was an A+ plus by player and media. If you go listen to the go listen to the two, entire 2 minute 20 second clip that's available uh, on Twitter, I think and the back and forth, the Giants beat reporters covered it perfectly. They asked the right questions, and Rodon sat there and took it. He didn't get mad at anybody because he knows he's the one that fucked up. He came out and apologized profusely. That That's an A-plus from both sides. Now let's get to the bigger discussion about the San Francisco Giants and okay. are things falling apart there. Um, I did a radio show earlier this week uh, in the Bay Area, and they asked me, you know, what's what's wrong with the Giants? And I said, I've got to be honest with you. Last year to me was the outlier, not this one. Like, that's what I expected that team to be a year ago. And I just think that everything came together for a very veteran-laden team. Crawford was a top five MVP. When Belt was there, he was elite uh, in an OPS category. Late night Lamont had this magic. Yastrzemski was hitting over 20 bombs. The entire pitching staff was coming together, all that sort of stuff. So it all just came together for 107 wins. I looked at this team this year and I was like, I, I don't see them going to the playoffs and I'll wear it again if they do. But man, I, I just think that it, with this many veteran players, things have to go perfectly. And if there's a shred of possibility of going off track that they don't have like the Dodgers ability to get back on. I mean, I agree with that. I mean, we, we were both on the same page last year. I think I came around to them a little bit earlier than you did. I don't think you ever a really lot came around to, them, to be honest with you a lot earlier, <laughs> but you know, there is, there's good things happening in the organization, but you're right. When you are, you know, 
this veteran of a team, like you, you kind of have to account for some injuries, soft tissue stuff, whatever it may be, like it's going to happen. And if you don't have your debt pieces coming up and performing like they did last year, then you're going to run into trouble. That's is why, you know, you see, you just mentioned the Dodgers, like when they have debt pieces come up, these guys are really good, ready to go. I'm not saying the giants don't have depth, but like they just, it just hasn't performed at the same rate. And they, they won a lot of close ball games last year. You're right. A lot of things went the perfect route for them, but they won 107 games. Like, so that's, to me, that's where I start to think like there is still some magic in that organization. You don't luck into 107 games. Like there is some real talent there and, and what they've done with like the coach to player ratio and the way they approach things, I think does work. It just hasn't worked this year. I'm not counting them out completely. I think they can make a run. I don't know what they're going to do with the trade deadline. I mean, by all things that I've read, they're still looking to compete in ads. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, this isn't like, I don't think it's a one and done situation with the Giants. Like they won 107 games, then they're just going to be, you know, at the bottom pack of the NOS. I, I really don't believe that, uh, but it, it hasn't gone their way this year so far. I think they're a long shot to make the playoffs. And I think they're, you know, at best, they're the sixth seed. And I just don't see them being able to beat a Milwaukee or a St. Louis in round one. Just, I mean, I, listen, they're pitching Rodon. If they hang on to him past the deadline, you can match up with anyone. Um, you know, Logan Webb has pitched really well over the last three to four weeks. So, yes, I could see that. You know, it, could they go out and throw eight innings and one run ball in a playoff game? Absolutely. But I just don't see it. Don't see it this year. It's too bad. But we'll see. Um, up next here, the Edwin Diaz watch. Last night he got in a little bit of trouble in the ninth, but the Mets used him in a four-out safe situation in the first game of the Subway Series. It's a brief two-game set. He recorded all four outs via the strikeout. He is having an incredible year, especially when it comes to a whip rate. Does the Mets closer have any shot at the NL Cy Young Award, or is this Sandy's to lose? Uh, I was gonna say it's it's if it wasn't for Sandy and a couple other guys, like he, I think he's gonna get votes. You know what he's done is really incredible. He's been, you know, from the time that he's come over from Seattle, like he's just been really, he's just been really good. And I think that it was lost in that trade where we said, oh, they gave up Kelnick and what did you get back and all this stuff. But like you've mentioned this before, it seems like the Mets have been just fine uh, with this trade. Now, I, I, I'm not a big fan of relievers winning the Cy Young, even though we talk extensively on the show about how important it is to have a guy that can finish games. And, you know, he's just he's been that his whole career. Uh, but I. Sandy's going to win it. Sandy's run. I think he's minus 130 in the war. Then you have Corbin Burns right behind him. And I, I don't think there's any way that Edwin Diaz wins this award, but you have to tip your cap to what he's done uh, this season. 17.9 strikeouts per nine. It's his highest clip that he's ever had in his career. His walk rate is down. His hits per nine are down. These are the things I like to look at in a reliever. Like he's got a sub one whip when you're doing things like that. And you're closing games out, finishing like he has. I mean, he needs to be in the discussion. He's not going to win the award. Definitely give him some votes. Kudos to him. And hopefully he goes and shines in the postseason and locks things down for them. Uh, but Sandy has been kind of otherworldly. And especially in today's day and age, what he's doing with those innings pitch is, is quite spectacular. So I think he's going to run away with the award. 
I will answer my question. Hopefully my mic is a little bit better. Are we okay? Good. We yeah, you're good now. Okay. Um, no relievers don't win the award. Uh, the last time it happened in the NL was Eric Gagne 19 oh, years ago. Oh my God. The last time it happened in the American league was when Eck, I believe won the MVP along with it in 92. And he was just demolishing people. So it just doesn't happen. I think perhaps the way we take a different tact on this question is at what point do we say the Mets definitively won the trade with the Mariners at a time when New York got blasted for taking on yes, Diaz had had a phenomenal year up there in Seattle, but when they took on Cano's contract, everybody's like, Oh, this is going to be one of the three worst trades in franchise history. Can we say that the Mets have won the trade? I'm just Googling what Ke- what's going on with Kelnick. What's what's happened? Well, you know he's not in the big league club, so what? It, I don't give a shit what he's doing in the. I minor just want to look, dude. I want to look what's going on with him. Twenty three years old, still he's got some time. Yeah, it's it's what he's been able to do, especially like I said, especially if they go into this postseason and you got Edwin Diaz doing what he did last night against the Yankees, four out say four Ks. He goes in on the big spotlight national games. Yeah, I mean, time, time, st- time will tell. Like, I think Kelnick still has time to develop as a player. I'm maybe, I'm thinking too opportunistic uh, about him, but Diaz has been a hell of a good player for them, the Mets. Well, I mean, let's remember uh, everybody that went west. I mean, we focus on Kelnick, but Justin Dunn has moved on. He was the other big young piece. Anthony Swarzak, reliever, uh, Gerson Bautista. And Jay Bruce, who is in retired land. So actually, unless Kelnick comes up and is a plus major leaguer for the Seattle Mariners, it's a wrap. They have they have done that. Oh, Michelle, he, he, hi. Hey, Michelle. Uh-huh. Uh huh. God, now I can't concentrate. Um, he's ah. crushing it. He's crushing it in Tacoma right now. Nine twenty four OPS. The guy's still tw- he's barely twenty three years old. So we still have to give this guy a little bit I know. of time, dude. Uh, but look, how about you. this? It worked out for both sides. Hey, real quickly, Maybe. before we <laughs> move Mariners. on, it hasn't moved on. For the, it hasn't. They would You're love right. to have You're Edwin right. Diaz helping him out in the bullpen. <laughs> Just saying. Um, he's a free agent at the end of the year. How much does he get? He's only 28. I Honestly, reliever contracts are not in my head right now. So, I mean, okay. it's, he's going to get some money. What did, what did Hendricks get? Hendricks got a lot, didn't Hendricks, he? Hendricks, yeah, he got three, like four, four no, I think he got, th- I want to say three for 50. Oh, did he get four for 54 or something? Let's look up that I'm looking contract, right now. Guys. I got it right now. It's, oh, it's three it. for 54. Three. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's 18 a year. He's going to, and he's younger than Hendricks. Love it. I can't believe Liam Hendricks has made that much money, has turned it into the freaking pitcher that he's turned into, dude. I'm very happy for that's this guy. Awesome. I saw the humble beginnings. Uh, Fernando Tatis, he took on-field batting practice for the first time since his surgery in front of everybody, said it felt normal. Scale of 1 to 10, what's your excitement level to see Tatis's return? 10, dude. And I had to force myself to say that because right now, like, he's kind of just, like, out of my mind. But you have – like, you can't be that way, people. You can't have this recency bias where he's just – 
a slow healer. This guy is one of the best players in all of baseball. That's why they gave him, how much did they give him? $340 million. He's 23 years old. This guy is electric. San Diego is a great team without him. When you put him back on that squad, I mean, this is, it could be a massive turning point in the National League for Nano Tatis Jr. coming back. And I can, you, you can't say that about a lot of people. And in fact, you don't say that about nearly anybody in the National League. But when he comes back, if he's fully healthy, which I believe he will be because, man, this has taken a long time. When he comes back, it's going to change everything. I'm very excited to see this guy. People, don't forget this dude has a career 965 OPS. Okay. Now, are the, is he going to slide right back into shortstop, Chris? Um, have they? Because they were question. talking about moving back and forth. Like, right? I don't they think were, it matters. Because, well, because Kim's been so good defensively, and they've got nothing out of Trent Grisham in center field. They were like, we could put Tatis out there. Um, I don't know how that's going to go. I think you want to get him where he's most comfortable, so it's not affecting him offensively. Yeah, like let the dude bang. Says, you know, and, and by the way, there's going to be days where he's going to play DH. Yes. So let's remember what he did last year. I think he missed 30 games and he still hit 38 bombs. I am super excited. He's one of my favorite players to watch in the game. You said the Padres have been great without him. They haven't been offensively. They are Why? very, they haven't been great. Great. Like would, 10 or 11 games over 500. That's a, that's good team. That's a good team. Not great. God, your expectations are wild. You're a Guardians fan. Why, why, are your, why are your expectations so high? Hold on. I have somebody looking at me. What do you have? Hi. Where are the keys? There are 11 games and, over uh, 500, dude. Team, that's a little thing. Yeah, and that's a very good team. Okay. Fine. Not great. Not great. They can be great with him. He will change the entire complexion of that lineup. If Machado gets hitting again um, soon, then, yeah, well, I'm going to be on board. This guy is a generational talent, too. We cannot Absolutely forget that he he's got to be on the side. He had 42 homers last year, by the way. I think 42, you were a not 38. Yeah. Oh, my God. In 130 God. games. So, look, well, this I was right guy, about that. We, he's in the same level. Maybe he hasn't done it as long, or, you know, I, I don't know. Like, he has enough of a track record. He's got to stay on the field. When he's on the field, he's in the same level as a Juan Soto. And we talk, we yeah. talk, call Juan Soto Ted Williams for fuck's in sake. In fact, I would say that. You could make the argument that he offensively could bring a little bit more just because of his legs, his base running, right? I mean, I don't know a lot of guys that have tagged up on an infield pop-up twice in their career to score runs. Yeah, he's he's electric all over the field. Sometimes you're going to get a little bit of loose-goosey uh, out there on the defensive side of things, but yeah. it's fine. Like, he also make the great play, and and he he's a game-changer, dude, and I just – we forgot about this guy and I'm forcing uh -huh. myself to remember how good he is. And I think everybody that's listening to this or watching this needs to do the same. Go watch some highlights. Okay. By, by the way, we forgot about him because when we first heard about the, remember we didn't hear about the injury until spring training started because of the lockout. We didn't know anything about it. And they're like, yeah, he had wrist, wrist surgery. You know, we'll see him in six to eight weeks or whatever. Six to eight weeks. We blew past that so fast. And we're like, it's May. We're like, is he coming back in June? And then June, we get to July. Is he coming back in July? And now we're hoping like August-ish, somewhere in August, they could have him for the last six weeks of the season. That's all they need him for. Look, obviously you want him throughout the whole season. They've been, according to you, a very good 
team. Yes. But you get this dude back. You needs to have a full month of regular season ABs because there's going to be some timing things. There's going to be like coming back to, uh, uh, to the big leagues is not an easy adjustment, even for a guy like Fernando Tatis Jr. Give him some regular season ABs. So when you get to the playoffs, the guy's locked in. That's all they need. That's it. Last one, Jonathan India uh, ended up getting his first Grand Slam ball back after appealing to a fan who caught it, and he did it via social media. So the fan is going to end up getting a bat and a signed jersey. In your opinion, is this the wave of the future? Do you think that player will start reaching out to fan by social media, having an interaction in order to get milestone baseballs back? I don't hate it. I mean, typically somebody for the team is out there trying to do it for you initially, but if they can't find them, then yeah, this is a very easy way to get the word out there that you want it. My thing is, why do you want your first grand slam ball? What are you going to do with it? Who'd you hit like, yours off of? Uh, John Danks, maybe John Danks, the big think- Texan lefty from uh yeah, the so he was Sox. on the white Sox. but I don't, I, I may or may not have that ball. I have no idea. I, I guess maybe I'm just on the other end of it. I don't really know what you're going to do with that ball. First grand slam. Like I get some milestone stuff, your thousandth career hit, maybe your hundredth homer or something like that. Grand slam to me. I don't know. Do you have your hundredth homer? The Well, that one was in the center field portion of the Coliseum where there are no stands. So they went and just got the ball for me and they made like a little plaque and like a shadow box type thing. So I have that. And if I didn't, if they didn't make that, I probably would just have the ball in like a drawer somewhere. I'm weird with stuff like that. I don't like to display all my stuff. So you probably have home run number one, home run number 100, hit number one, hit number 500. I don't know where any of that stuff is. I think, I think my parents have it, to be honest with you. <laughs> what do I need the ball for? Am I going to like hold the ball and like look at it or something? I don't know. I'd rather play catch with it. I mean, you did play in the major leagues. You always get pissed off that you we don't remind people enough of, of your accolades. And here you are just kind of treating it like, ah, it's no big fucking deal. Like it was another four-hit day at Crespi High. No, I'm not saying that. Obviously, there are special moments. I'm not faulting anyone for doing that. That's just not what I do because I don't know what you do. You just put it up there and look at it and mm. just, I don't know. I got Jesse Crane behind me. Okay. What do you have coming up on John Boy? Uh, we're releasing our midweek episode of Talking Baseball. We kind of just went all in on the trade deadline. We talked Juan Soto a lot. Uh, we came up with the Michael Givens to Toronto type thing. It was a really good discussion. Pretty silly. Like sometimes we get on and man, there's just a vibe between Jake, Jimmy, and I that's just like we got jokes. It was a fun episode. We gave good, good information too, but um, I would definitely go check that out. Plus, the warehouse games are out. I think my game comes out tomorrow. Yeah. So go check everything out. Go watch Brady Rose score a goal in game one. The, the thing is incredible. What about you? What you got? Uh, let's see. The Brault episode is still out, and we are just putting the finishing touches on Lucas Giolito, who will make his return to the rotation coming your way tomorrow. And I'm setting up, a, in my opinion, a pretty sizable interview on Friday. And hopefully Sam Singer is doing his research for it. Right, Sam? Come on, Sam. Come on, Sam. Got to help out. Sam does a great job. He says he's on it. Okay, good. Good to hear. Uh, Other than that, we are back at it again on Thursday. I will be back home after my little stay at a posh place in Southern California. Beautiful. Well, you know what we did? 
we took my father-in-law for his 80th birthday. That's awesome. It's a great yeah. place. Beautiful. I got some restaurant recommendations if you need them. Yeah, we didn't go into town last night. We just stayed on property. You know, they've got okay. a bunch of nice yeah. places and we did that. And so I think Michelle and I are going to hit the gym at 930 and it's going to hit hard back. And then I'll get a nice breakfast and eat my face off again. Uh, we will see you again on Thursday here on Baseball Today for our outstanding producer, the one and only Dan Rourke, our summer intern, Sam Singer. That is Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose. We will see you Thursday on Baseball Today, presented to you by Shady Rays.